you can do ten stupid things if you do one smart thing. My name is Matthew Kroll. And the girls want to see you wiggle. My name is Will Temper. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Elvis. Oh boy. Hell, a little less, a little more conversation, a little more podcast. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work, Will. Hi, buddy. Thanks. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Uh, producer, for uh, producer extraordinaire. Actor comedian Will Whoa. Temper is 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 back in the hot seat to take the place of our wayward New Zealander. I promise I didn't kill Shahir. He's not locked in a basement. He isn't um, on a top secret mission for the New Zealand government. None of those things are true. He just can't be here today. That sounded very convincing. I, I am I am nothing if not a good friend who is who is totally. Just if, if you if you propagate enough lies or confusion, then it doesn't matter. I mean, he could be literally anywhere. Listeners, he could be with you right now. Email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Where in the world is Shahir Dowd? Um, I would like to know. No. Oh, the emails are flooding <laughs> in. <laughs> this just in. Uh, he is in New Zealand with his family. But um, yeah, so this week... Uh, we are going to talk uh, about about uh, a representation of the king of rock and roll uh, that you and I saw together mm-hmm. uh, with our friend Nicholas Parker. Yes, uh, on opening night. Yeah, Thursdays. Yeah. I love how here in New York we get the Thursday release for everything. Sure, don't don't really know why, yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw this together. Uh, before actually, though, we do dive in to this film. You are in, I didn't clear this with you before, so we're going to talk about it anyway, but the, the great thing about this is, if you don't want to talk about it, I can just cut it out. Yes. Um, the We went to go see this movie at an AMC theater. Yes. And uh, you recently just had uh, quite a, a, a enormous YouTube uh, blow up uh, of a video you cut together having to do with the Nicole Kidman uh, AMC theaters ad. I sure did. I uh, sure did. Listeners, if you aren't familiar, there is a cut on YouTube on, I believe, on your channel right now. Yes. Though you've probably seen it like across TikTok and everything because everything gets lifted. Um, of the Nicole Kidman AMC, we come to this place for magic, whatever thing. Uh, but instead of watching all of the clips, I mean, Will, what what did, what did you do? So I remember when the um, I guess well, I'll just give a little backstory. I remember when the original Nicole Kidman AMC ad came out, and it was just like kind of immediately camp. It was just talked about widely immediately, yeah. And I knew in my head immediately that it needed to be parodied. It like it's just so easy to put anything on that screen. And I was thinking like, okay, whatever it is, it needs to be goofy, but also completely topical. And then I saw house of Gucci in November and knew immediately (laughs) that the, um, very bizarre sex scene between Adam driver and lady Gaga needed to be what Nicole Kidman was watching in the AMC theater while she's doing her, um, monologue about the importance of films and movie theaters. Exactly. So the moment in that it was released digitally in February, I made it and posted it on Twitter, and it saw like pretty good success, getting like a million um, impressions, but like only yeah. 15k likes. Also, only two followers. I don't get how Twitter works. It just shows. I looked at my impressions, and it's just like. One million impressions, 500,000 views, 15,000 likes, two followers. And I'm like, cool. And then I put it on YouTube um, also at the same time, and it just doesn't really whatever. And then just at the end of, what was it, May, or no, this was the end of of April, Mm -hmm. it got posted on Reddit and then just like skyrocketed. Yeah. Also, simultaneously, about a week before that, I lost demonetization on YouTube. So. How convenient. So convenient. So um, convenient. Yeah. No, so I, I imagine that a lot of you out there have actually seen this parody. This is the man who has who has done it. Um, I'm kind of waiting. Every time I go to an AMC theater and I still hear people, you know, will applaud and clap and, you know, cheer for the ad. I'm like waiting for someone around me to be like, have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, my uh, God, it's happening. But. I'm sure someone in those theaters has muttered that. You just probably haven't been close enough to to, yeah. uh, to have that. It's just so vain of me to think about. It's like, oh, my God, someone's going to be talking There's about me. There's nothing. Movie. There is nothing. You want to know the most vain thing I thought of the other day? Uh, it's actually a weird comfort that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the work I do on extra credits, 
somewhere at any given moment, someone's listening to my voice. Like, not even just you listening to this podcast. Somewhere else, someone's hearing me, and it's fucking weird. Not vain if it's true, though, right? Uh, No, it is. It is very vain. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Um, Anyway, speaking of vanity, Mm. uh, perhaps some bonfires thereof. Uh, holy fuck, Elvis and Boz Lerman. Boz Lerman's Elvis presenting Boz Lerman's Elvis, Elvis by Boz Lerman. Boz Lerman's uh, poster, his name is on it multiple times. Yes. Uh, we noticed We noticed as we walked out of the trailer, what was, what was the actual thing? It was like, it was like, Boz Lerman presents Elvis by Boz Lerman. Or like, there was it like... It was, we were laughing because it was like, written by Boz Lerman and, like, Amber Sands and uh, another man. And A and D, Boslerman, Ambersands, and another man. So it was like, what? He's he's written this movie. He's he has two writing credits it, on this movie. And that that's fine because you can have story and you can have script or whatever. But like that's not what the poster right. said. And he did. He had story, but then it was screenplay by Boslerman and a man and Boslerman and another man. <laughs> so you can- that's still up at any of your theaters and they haven't corrected that. Or again, email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com if you're if we're being stupid and we don't understand like I why that is. Think it like it's two writing teams. It was like him and a guy wrote a treatment and then him and another guy wrote the other treatment. Oh, and then there was like a fifth man at the end. But it was like but right, the, the screenplay had five credits, two of them were Bosler. And the and they had different symbol they had the word and and the symbol for and. Yeah. And it was just a very strange thing it was the it was the first thing we noticed after we came out of this fever dream yes exactly um so actually will uh, your your i, I want to kind of dive into your history with uh ba- is it, i always say boz it's baz it's baz yeah Lerman. i right true i want to say boz but then i hear it back to me yeah. baz a lot yeah. um that's what tom hanks said in all the interviews i yes, watched yes um What's your history with his filmography? Have you been a fan of his work? Have you only seen a few things? Like, what's the what's where yeah. you go from that? I mean, it's funny too because I guess his filmography is like pretty light, just as what he's directed. But no, I remember when um, I I didn't see um, 1992 Strictly Ballroom, but mm-hmm. I did remember seeing like at the time of its release, being pretty young, Romeo and Juliet, yep. because that was also the version that I feel like when I was in school they were okay with showing because it wasn't the Olivia Hussey one where there's nudity in it. Yep. So the one that they could show in schools was the PG-13 version. Amazing. The one yep. with the gun violence is the one that's exactly. okay. Exactly. So we saw that one. And then also like um, a few years later when Moulin Rouge came out, that was a huge hit within my family because they loved, my dad and my stepmom loved the soundtracks that was playing in the car all the time. Yeah. Um, and then saw Australia in 2008. I uh-huh. that. Um, you and see then, Gatsby? And then Gatsby in 2013 yeah. saw that one as well. So, I yeah. think you and I's journey are, is is very similar. I I glommed on to like yeah in high school because um, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit older than you. In high school mm-hmm. is when Romeo and Juliet came out, and all the fucking kids like it was weird. Like it was weird how psyched even beyond theater kids everyone was for this thing because it was a take on this story that everyone knew that you hadn't quite seen yeah. before, and that was sort of when. Uh, that was a little bit before I started like actually paying attention to who was making what films and what that actually meant. So like I didn't know that ba- uh, ba- Baz uh, was doing that in particular at that time. But um, that kind of became like a weird touch point. Even I think there's probably some like weird, dumb, real crappy VHSC parodies that I did of some of the, of like that style of like Shakespeare oh, thing, yes. but like with dumb like water guns and shit. Uh, but no, uh, Moulin Rouge is where I sort of took notice of of him as uh, a filmmaker and the sort of the style that we sort of I always use the word fever dream uh, uh, that would take place. Moulin Rouge was uh, weirdly a game changer for me because I I was not ever really into musicals. And then I felt like I watched Moulin Rouge and then I like just went back and like dove in. Like then like Evita became a favorite film of mine, which is like strange. Wow. Um, And uh, and I mean movie musicals, by the way, that I'm sort of talking about specifically here. So like, heck, uh, uh, two years ago for my birthday bash that I do over at Extra Credits on Twitch, we did a watch along with Moulin Rouge. And like there was like a sing along and like a bunch of other things. So like, and again, soundtrack playing constantly when it came out. Um, I feel like that was a like you said your family was super into it. Yeah, I feel like that was something that like a lot of like it crossed a lot of generational divides. Yeah. Um, and and maybe that's weirdly 
now that I'm sort of saying it out loud, something that Baz Luhrmann is honestly known for, because every one of his works that I've seen has taken an older thing or an older style thing and cranked the current energy up to 11 and like presented it uh, basically anew. Hard to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw Gatsby. Gatsby, I didn't. I didn't particularly. I, I, I've never liked the story of the Great Gatsby. I find it. Um, I don't know how to put this. I know people are are a fan. I, well, here's the thing. I think people are more a fan of like the pomp and circumstance and the aesthetic of air quotes Gatsby. Which also isn't real. Like people want to go to a flapper party. Yeah, like, and that's yeah. Like, but a, like, a roaring twenties party is just like the vibe. Right. Side note: the twenties, sure, maybe for that small group, people were having a great time. Uh, the twenties, not a great time for a lot of folks. Not great for a lot of people. Um, so I, I have a weird, I have a weird sort of uh, hate relationship with Gatsby. Again, I didn't think that the, the film adaptation was bad. I just didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I know I read Gatsby in high school because you have to, you yep, gotta. Yep. And then I saw the movie when it first came out in 2013 and have not seen it since. And I, I cannot, I just don't remember much about no. either text or I film. remember CG 1920s cars and like yes. a camera swinging around one. Like yes. that's kind of what I remember. A lot of swooping shots. And of, of course the 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 gif of Leonardo DiCaprio with the with the with the wine. That'll never go away. Oh, no. yeah, we're getting a cheers Leo yeah, yeah. every day on the internet. <laughs> I'm seeing that. So when this movie was announced, uh it's funny. At first I was like when I saw the trailer, I didn't notice who made it. And I was like Oh, Elvis, like, cool, whatever. I've never been a huge Elvis fan. And then the second I saw that it was Baz Luhrmann, I was like, oh, you go make Elvis relevant now. Uh, and then I actually got oddly excited for the concept of this movie. In fact, I texted you. I, I very rarely text you and Nick to be like, well, go see a movie. movie yeah. and, uh, you guys tend to, to uh, get hyped up and, and ask me, and I love coming along. Uh, this one, I was like, guys, when can we see Elvis? <laughs> and we all like shifted things around yeah, to, like, yeah. get, to get it in the, to get it, yeah. Because there was like that, there was a Tuesday screening that we could go, but then we found out that it was not part of AMC A-List. Yeah, fuck that noise. Charged no, us tons of money. That was a that was like a pre-thing. I guess there was like a talk and stuff. And I do like going to those things, but when you're on the A-List and you're already paying for it, I yeah. don't know why I would do that. Uh, unless, unless Baz or, or any of the folks are going to be there. Oh, I know. Um, but the... Um, I I have to say, if I wanted to, I was I was thinking about this the other day. Did the movie, once I saw it, and we'll get into this more in detail, deliver the experience that I expected? And from the pedigree of Baz Luhrmann and the story of Elvis, I think from a visual standpoint, it did. There is so much, you know, just sort of getting into it right now. There is so much uh, energy and camera movement. Man, that dude loves spinning a camera around. Oh, yeah. um, and sort of like fast cuts and, and kind of bad cuts in certain spots. But like you, it, it happens at such a breakneck pace that it makes its own kind of rhythm, which is, again, he does that. Um, but the story, like the, 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 cr the chronology of the story uh, and where we spend time and how long we spend time in places felt a little off to me. And again, I I, I think the the new music um, by, what's the gentleman's name who plays Elvis? I'm blanking right now. Uh, Austin Butler. Austin Butler, thank you. Uh, Austin Butler fucking slays it. Like, there's no wow. question. Was not expecting that, no. honestly. Like, like and because the, the trailers, <laughs> it's weird to have Elvis in a non-joke trailer. Yeah. We have been trained as a society we live in one of those um, to kind of see Elvis at this point as a bit of a joke, you know, and then I feel like the marketing didn't help be like, and you're saying like maybe the first trailer, but also the first clip of the studio release that I felt like I was seeing online was the shot of like Elvis's first concert where like we see that he's getting a lot of attention from the ladies just by shaking. Yeah. And that beat for beat is just like Dewey Cox walk hard. Like, so that's why it felt like it was already a little bit parody to begin with, but well, not the case. We've talked about that. Uh, we've talked about the idea that the music biopic or biopic, biopic, I say biopic, I, I hear know, both. whatever, yeah. doesn't matter. 
Um, Shahir will correct me whenever he comes back. Um, th- with things like Walk Hard, it kind of m- destroys the idea of a of a biopic because, like the you, they're never. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like I'm sure there is one. I'm sure we've covered one. We've just done. I think this is at like three eighty three or something. It could be eighty two. I don't know. But like I, I kind of blank on a lot of the things we've discussed in the past. Uh, it's really hard to make a serious music biopic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've seen that even with like Bohemian Rhapsody and I think Rocket Man was probably the closest, even though that's kind of a bit of a wackadoo film in and of itself. Yeah, because I think I've, I, and I like what, with the biopics recently, I feel like a lot of directors have realized that you, if you're doing about a musical person, your movie has to be a musical. Yeah. And that's what Rocket Man did and that's what Elvis sure yeah. did. Yeah. So, so with Elvis, you're right. Like, so I, in, in preparation for this episode, because again, I wasn't a fan of Elvis. I, I think we all kind of grew up. Yeah, um, I was going to say, because we just talked about what what were our, like, growing up with Baz Luhrmann. What were you growing up with knowing about Elvis? I knew Elvis was, I feel like it comes in phases, much like every historical figure. Yeah. You find out the gist when you're young. Oh, like, the Elvis was the king of rock and roll. He, he and I'm doing air quotes because this is what I learned when I was a little kid, invented rock and roll. And 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 he got in trouble for it. But then everyone loved him, and then he died early, too young. And you're like, oh, okay. And you see this man with the hair and the, and the shiny suits, and you're like, oh, interesting, cool. And then you eventually learn a couple different things. Like, then I went through the phase of like, oh, well, Elvis just stole rock and roll from African-American performers. And, um... And oh, he was addicted to uh, pain or to uh, to prescription drugs, and had a hard uh, heart issue due to that. And he was shitty to his wife, and like all this. So you're like, oh, well, yeah. And then you kind of have the flip side of it, where not all of that is true, but I think what what you kind of learn, like when I learned, for instance, that he basically and he did for whatever stole rock and roll from African Americans. He was also had friendships with the people he like took the music from. Exactly, and yeah. and that complicates things. Um, again, uh, not saying that Elvis did not steal it. He one hundred percent stole it, uh, and then did not have the credit uh, where credit was due. But the the I don't know, and, and and then like you learn like fuck, like Priscilla was fucking fourteen, yep. and he was twenty four, and then how how it's. The narrative that even Priscilla has said in her interviews to this day is that they had a seven-year courtship before they got married. She got, they got married when they were 21, and she says that they did not have sex until they were married. I mean, what I, I, I'm not going to get into that, but like, there's you, whenever you have a figure like Elvis, yes, yeah, the, the 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 learning curve of what is true and what is not true, and, and oftentimes, again, after working on a history show for so fucking long. The truth is always somewhere in the fucking middle. Exactly. And and that's why that's why biopics I think are really hard to pull off in a weird way because you're you're adjusting the public consciousness toward a version of the narrative. You, you can't not do that. This you have a, your hero. Like yeah. you have your hero. He's the protagonist of the story. How much of the shitty side of this hero can we show? Yeah, I don't know, should we show? And there's something interesting too. I think in this current culture, we have our our hero and villain of the day, right? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, granted, there are true villains, uh, many of them who have just stripped millions of people of in America of their uh, rights. But the the oftentimes we need like, oh, who's bad? This person's bad. Oh, Elvis is bad. Yeah, fuck Elvis. Or like, oh no, Elvis did this thing. Elvis is the bet. Like Chris Pratt's a perfect fucking example. Like this week, apparently everyone fucking hates Chris Pratt. I, okay, like I don't love the like it's it, he's neutral to me because he does cool things and shitty things and like he like he's a person. Elvis, as yeah. big as he was, was a fucking person. Yeah. And so whatever you do, and we was it you or was it Nick after the movie? We're like, oh man, Baz Luhrmann should do a. It was Mar- me? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say we're talking about the, yeah. I turned to you as soon as the movie. And I was like, man, I want to see Baz Luhrmann direct a superhero like a Marvel movie, a superhero movie. And then you said, I think he just did. He did like yeah. th- This this was, and, and I was like, whoa. Wait, that honestly, like, boom. I was like, oh yeah, he did. Because yeah. even down to something that I again, I learned a lot about Elvis. Again, it is propaganda for Elvis, but there is truth in 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 this particular propaganda 
um, that's how propaganda works and that's how good propaganda is done. You sprinkle truth in and yeah. it kind of latches yeah. it in. Elvis really loved Captain Marvel. The old, or, or uh, the old Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel, yeah. Uh, he, with the lightning bolt in the chest, mm-hmm. then we won't get into the history of that. Turning but they, but Andrew, they did, the, and they did a really whole, like, because I saw it again last night, Elvis, just to prep me, and, yeah. like, they did a whole little, like, comic book, like, stylized shot of him when he was young and how he, like, would love to dress up with that and put, like, a little lightning bolt on his chest. Elvis and, like, was a huge yeah. fucking nerd. Oh, my gosh, he loved it. And in yeah. that element of his life, uh, I dressed up like Batman way too late in my uh, early childhood, so uh, I can relate to being the kid running around <laughs> with something dumb fucking superhero shit homemade on you. Nice. Um, but, like, yeah, so, like, and this movie does treat Elvis like a superhero. Um and it's, I think, to have that be effective, and we'll talk about what's effective and what's not sort of uh, as we get into yes. it deeper, but to have that be effective in 2022, you need someone like Boz Lerman to fuck with the pacing and the camera or else it's going to come across as stupid. Yeah, I, I watched, uh, in preparation for this, weirdly enough, I didn't watch it, the movie again, but I, I watched a lot of actual Elvis performances. By today's standards... It is hard to see why people are freaking out. <laughs> like, like he's he's charismatic, no yeah. fucking question. But he's like spazzy and like, yeah, he's doing like knee bends and he's like wiggling. shakes he's and wiggling on stage. And like, and it's funny because he's actually, doing karate too. I, he's he does, literally doing he's karate. Doing, he's Get doing a karate instructor, man. He just took all sorts of shit from people. He um, sure did. Uh, but the like. Never before, and I'm sure that this happened more in like non-televised things and whatever, but like, and who knows if this is actually the thing, but like even when you first start seeing Elvis in this film sort of shake and move his body around, like it's his dick. Like, it, it, like it's because he's wearing loose baggy pants and shaking his body and you can slightly see his dick. It's funny, that's right. That's what no one's saying, you know, in like the newspaper ads or like the police being like, you know, he he can't be like doing that on stage. like thr- And everyone's like, what's he doing? He's just dancing. It's like, eh, like that's what no one's saying is that like he's, yeah. And, and you know, you could go into like, did he, you know, I, I like the angle of, he really uh, vibed with sort of like uh, Baptist uh, preacher sort of things and like the ability like to have the spirit take you and move you and, and you oh, know, yeah, uh, yeah. Southern Baptist stuff. He then took that and turned it into like his own weird it's rock uh, and roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Into, into rock and roll. But like the, the seeing an actual Elvis performance, at least the ones that I think, because even the ones that we have recorded, I think the earliest one is what, 58? We're like 40, I don't know, but like, it's not the early, early stuff. So we'll never kind of know that. Um, But like, it looks so fucking tame and you're, you're, it's hard to sort of see like what, what the, what the fuss was about. And I think with what Baz does in this movie is he invents the fuss. Yeah. With the angles, with the speed, with the rotation, with the, with the sheer amount of cuts this man does. Um, taking you through all these different time periods, which again, never feel quite real. Uh, and I think it was either Patrick Willems or Nando V Movies or someone on Twitter who said along the lines that like, this is an Elvis biopic by way of uh, the, the Wachowski Speed Racer. Yes, yes. And that is incredibly true. It is. Um, the, the way, <laughs> the sheer wackadoo energy of this movie I'm actually quite curious to see as time goes on, like, does this, A, in its box office now, does it have uh, staying power? And B, will this be a movie that, like, because of that, will find a cult following one day? Like, I don't know, like, what the energy of the, like, what the longevity of this film will be. And normally you can kind of tell. Yeah. And I just remember reading too, just from this last weekend's opening weekend's um, box office, it was like the first time since 2018 at the top four movies um, made over 20 million. So, like, that's right. So, I, and I feel like there's still a lot of talk around Elvis. Like, the reviews are kind of mid, but, but like positive mid. And the audience seems to like it. I feel like this could have. Some stain, some power. baby legs, yeah. Some wiggly, some wiggly legs. Mm-hmm. Some, yeah, some wiggly legs. Um, I was trying to look up what the what the box office actually was. I think it was something around thirty mil. Uh, yeah, battle for number one, barely thirty. It barely, under, um, barely under Top Gun. Top yeah. Gun 
Fuck, man. I, I mean, know. Lightyear kind of tanked. I know. Uh, which I did not see. Did you see Lightyear? I did see Lightyear. And it's fun. Sure. And it's fun, but... Uh... I think the interesting thing... Actually, I might even be able to tie this back to Elvis. Um, Lightyear... Buzz Lightyear looks like Elvis. Buzz Lightyear does look like Elvis. No. Um, That's a jumpsuit. It's uh, an Elvis... <laughs> the Lightyear is an Elvis jumpsuit. You're not, you're not wrong. It is. Um, the... I'm going to put that in the um, AI generator. No one. <laughs> Elvis. Elvis in Buzz Lightyear suit. I'm. Uh, the. Buzz Lightyear as a character was huge. Mm-hmm. But by the time this movie came out, was not. Toy Story, the franchise, had two beautiful endings with three and four. Uh, it's done. Yeah. And now to have like the movie that the thing is based on, that the thing like no one no one outside of Pixar animation, I feel like, was like clamoring for this, other than like what? And then I'm not I am not blaming Pixar for doing the thing they thought would make money. Like yeah, do companies have to do that all the time. Yeah. But like no one's like, oh man, I really want to see the actual adventures of Buzz Lightyear. And like we saw them in the animated TV show that ran in like the early 2000s. Yeah. And that's not canon here. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> a little uh, bit upset. <laughs> I don't know. But now with Elvis, it's kind of no, no one is asking for an Elvis movie. No one really no. was. But with 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 people as large as Elvis was falling into the camp of like uh the Michaels, Jordan and Jackson, uh, and like uh I feel like Madonna had that for a bit and and has since not and I don't know why that that feels that way but like even if you don't even if you've never heard no I feel like almost everyone even on the planet today even young people have heard an Elvis song that's that's what I'm saying too like even me growing up in the 90s uh, like I knew Elvis I knew Elvis songs I'm trying to figure out why because he had been long dead for decades because and, I think that's the thing and it was just still part of the zeitgeist he was that influential yeah. in the cultures that we were a part of yeah and it's the same reason why Michael Jackson is as as relevant weirdly today as he ever sort of was like yeah. granted you know if there's anyone out there actually this is a straight up question email us in only movie podcast at gmail.com I, I by the way uh, I see the numbers of the of the listens of these episodes. I know you're out there, people. There's a <laughs> lot of you. Please email in, especially if you fall into this into this category. Um, young people, whether you've seen Elvis or not, and let's even go like you know, just if you consider yourself young, I'm not even going to give an age range here. Let us know how how familiar. You are with Elvis before or after this movie, because I'm really curious at this point, again, the year 2022, what the cultural relevance before this film actually is. Everyone knows the name and the look. I feel like Vegas and like shotgun weddings and like and impersonators like Elvis impersonators are are the Still cookie cutter work? quintessential celebrity impersonator. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so like he's almost become a meme of himself mm-hmm. in a weird way. Uh even though, you know, the musical legacy sort of changed the landscape. Um so let let's get into let's get into real quick, Will, what are some of the things that uh you gravitated towards, if, if any, I, I feel like I feel like we've both kind of been like, yeah, we liked this movie. Like yeah. that's kind of a it was it was a good yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your sort of favorite aspects of of this of this film that we watched? I mean, definitely number one, <clears throat> Austin Butler's performance, just because it really surprised me. Just because up until now, Austin Butler felt like a person that existed because he was a name that you'd hear about because of someone he was dating, like. I, like, because he was with Vanessa Hudgens for forever, and I didn't know that, like, oh, this is a person that exists who's an actor who has a career. I'm so sorry, Austin Butler. I did not know of you I at didn't, all. I didn't know of him before this. Like, I haven't seen or heard his name before. Uh, and, like, he's been out there. I guess he, like, did a lot of, like, um, Disney Channel stuff growing yeah. up, like, which they all do. They, uh, <laughs> 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 um, but so to see his name attached to this and then start seeing trailers, I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, and then Tom Hanks is a name that you trust, and then Baz Luhrmann is a name that 
you can trust, which is, I mean, crazy. This is his longest gap, I feel like, nine years. Yep. Um, so I wonder how long this had they've actually been working on this. Um, but uh, yeah, so right away, I was very surprised and in awe about how well he did. I mean, obviously, it's not exact to a T, but the essence is all there. Yep. Like, it's just so it embodies what, um, like, you know, if you draw Elvis from memory kind of thing, or if you, like, think about Elvis without having seen a picture or whatever for years, like, this, like, it was so perfect. Yeah. So the, the performance number one was right off the bat. And then just, like, all the Baz Luhrmann, like, quick, like, um, sweeping shots and just, and then the updated music, um, there's some really good, Whoa. there's some really good mixing here. Um, yeah. uh, and, and you know, the soundtrack kind of speaks for itself. There's so many current artists on it, but like the, the way that they are, you know what I, um, what I didn't like in Gatsby back in the day was mm-hmm. like, it just cuts to like hip hop tracks for no kind of reason in Gatsby. Like I get it, but I, it seemed kind of forced here. Every track that is sort of like pushed under or through or with Elvis music is used to show, yeah, like this this element of music, it it always kind of did it with not just mixing like current music with Elvis, but mixing with like old old uh soul music or r&b or like or, or not r&b but like basically rock and roll that african-americans were performing that yeah. like but they mixed that with elvis with new artists exactly like uh, hound dog for yeah. instance hound dog was by mama blackburn which we're hearing and then and also i feel like every song that was used you know whether it be just elvis or updated whatever was sort of like the timeline for his career like yeah. this is when the song was released and so this is this song is kind of being used to transition um, through his career and so we're seeing the original hound dog and then we're hearing like a doja cat you know kind of mix with it into elvis's version of hound yeah. dog like that was that's cool like yeah. that and that's a cool like storytelling yeah it's method poignant effective it gets something done it's not a needle drop it's it's yeah. uh it's Ooh, we gotta it's, throw hound dog in here somewhere yeah, because right. that's a song everyone knows of elvis yeah like, how do we put this in here yeah it's like oh we got a doja cat to cover it how do we throw that in yeah, there yeah it's no. not <laughs> Yeah, the credits. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was guess. Well, the Eminem songs in the credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So the, the music played a huge part in this, and obviously, Baz Luhrmann films just do that in general. Um, mm-hmm. So this, yeah, this made. Again, I, I've been listening to some Elvis tracks uh, in, in the time since, and you know they're good, and I, I I'm enjoying them. But like, I think the soundtrack of the movie is way more my speed than, than like classic Elvis tracks. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, a testament to uh, the producers who produced all that music. Um, what I was going to say, uh, oh, how did you feel uh, about the other part, which we haven't talked much about, about uh, Sir Thomas of Hanks, who played Colonel uh, Tom Parker, the snowman? You know, I listened to a, a Colonel Tom Parker interview today. It was like like one of his rare interviews he did for like, I don't forget, like Nightline or something, and he does not have that accent. He does not have that accent. He's I don't not know a, what like a weird German Geppetto. Yeah, like truly, yeah. I just saw another like trailer because he's playing Geppetto in the new Pinocchio. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's what he's doing. <laughs> he must have did Geppetto and Colonel Tom Parker back to back. It's it's because like it, it's very much like Colonel Tom Parker is the. Um, Oh, I just blanked on his, the, the Tommy Wiseau of managers. You know, he's a guy that's like, where is this man from? Like, sure. what's his secret? Yeah, you so, don't like, and that's know what, what yeah. find out, spoiler alert, that he is like. Spoilers for Elvis's life. Spo- yes, and we'll spoiler for Tom Colonel Tom Parker's life. Yeah. He is not from here, and that's like the big secret. Apparently, he's from Holland originally, and. Um, he loves gold. And then he yeah, came into America, and he was a carny for a bit before he like found the hustle, the snowman business, if you will. And. Um, uh yeah, so this this accent is a mishmash of like old America and like European, but it, it's, it's it kind of reminded me not in the style, but in the reason that it was there of, of Anna Delphi. Yes, it's yeah. so basic. But like, and that's it. Like, and this is a larger than life man who's weird, and then you're doing a a an honest to God, like really like, let me just like get in this guy's head and do a really good, you know, impression of it. But then just, it comes out goofy because it's goofy because it's a goofy guy. Yeah. The prosthetics look good. Yeah. Here's (laughs) the thing. When I saw the trailer again, I had a bit of a, Oh, fuck you guys moment. I was like, you're putting Tom Hanks in like weird prosthetics. I was like, all right, whatever. (laughs) 
I will say, a testament to Sir Thomas of Hanks. <sighs> fucking, you lose Tom Hanks in it. You, like you hire Tom Hanks, you're getting a hundred percent. You're getting a performance. The Snowman was who I saw. Uh, it, it is not. Uh, it, this was not a uh, Jeff Goldblum situation. This yeah. was a. I see the character, not the actor, and I think that was very much needed. Yeah. I also. So that was the 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 Tom Parker's part of the story was the part that I knew the least about going same in. Mm-hmm. and it makes so much sense again and this is from a a bird's eye view from god fucking 50 60 70 years away from when this was you know uh well maybe not that far is it yeah, 40, yeah sure 70 um it, it, a view from that height that distance yeah but the carnival game feels so apt and correct. Like the way that uh, it seems as though Elvis was marketed uh, through sort of a subculture and then, uh, or w- let me rephrase. Carnivals, and Tom Parker has a little bit of a, of a monologue before in the, in the beginning of this thing. Carnivals are there to make you sort of like feel like you've seen something wonderful and not mind that you are spending sort of at the same time. Uh, and I think he saw the link between a white guy doing uh, basically African-American music, which was just way fucking cooler than like what his shows were doing. And he latched onto that because it was something flashy that he could get through uh, through sort of systems. And then when that sort of had a bit of a, a pushback, he'd do sort of subtle things around it. like he. He was he was a flash man. He, he we all call he it snow, like snow yeah. in people's eyes or whatever. At first, I was like, oh, snow, like like I don't know. I equated to like either drugs or money, but like, right, yeah. but this was more like no, no, no. You're blinded because it's snowing yes. so hard. Like you're just it's, you're in this experience. The showman and the snowman. Yeah. yeah, and and that to me, that's the weird thing. Before this movie, and I'm an adult man who understands a fair amount of how the entertainment industry works. I never thought of like. Who was around Elvis? Who was no one? No yeah. one does this shit alone. Who was the, the fucking crew that made Elvis Elvis? Yeah, and like, cause you don't like. It's weird. Like Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson's family, and Michael Jackson's father. You know whether you like them or not, uh, they were the driving force that that pushed Michael Jackson to become Michael Jackson. You have that story. It's part of the narrative. Um, Elvis, I never knew that narrative. And I don't know if it's because he's so far away from when I grew up or like whatever, but like it makes total sense. And it's as I'm, as I'm, as I'm aging, uh, I like the idea of normalizing that you do not get to stations of that or even many stations lower alone. Like you, you are not a monolith. No matter how good you are, you need people on your side working with, or using, or fighting for you. Yes. And Tom Parker, like, was kind of all of those things. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, you're right to see like this new side of the entertainment industry in that time period, especially because like they kind of insinuated too that this was like the first time that there was merchandise attached to an act like Elvis and that they were even selling I hate Elvis pins because they were going to still profit off of people who didn't like Elvis yeah. and who weren't going to buy his records they were still going to make money from people buying hate merch from Elvis which is pretty brilliant yeah uh, yeah Wild. i i i i am always a fan of sort of seeing a little and again I want to be very clear. This is a this is a narrative film. This is this is by very definition propaganda for a uh, for two men's lives. Oh yeah. Um uh but it is an entertaining one and it is not one again, I think the truth is somewhere sort of in the middle. I think even Priscilla has said like uh he, like uh Parker wasn't an wasn't an evil man. He wasn't like manipulating and using Elvis, but he would how do I put again? It's somewhere in the middle. He would manipulate. Elvis would want to do something. He'd be like, "Of course, absolutely, no question." And then Elvis would leave the room, and, and he'd be like, "We're not doing that." Yes, At, I, like like you can kind of write the codependency on each other of each other. Yeah, and that's he. They were benefiting off each other, absolutely. So anything bad? I mean, like 
Tom Parker was the villain of this story and in many ways um Elvis's story but and but he also had like a full addiction to gambling and he couldn't leave the country. I don't know, he was he was a scam artist. But he still wanted to see Elvis succeed yeah, as much as Elvis would let him succeed. It that, was so interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, he wasn't, like, a conniving, like, oh, well, I'm just going to take this kid for everything he's worth. He was a – he was, again, more of a human, a bit of a sociopath. Yeah. I care about this person, and I can – and he can be healthy and make me a ton of money, but I can't let him do everything I, he wants to do. I never understood before this movie – and again, truth is somewhere in the middle of the history and what this is being presented. I never understood why Elvis had a residency with Vegas. I never understood why there was that tie. I knew he had a song, Viva Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um but I never understood the connection. And when you look at it like that there was supposed to be this world tour that never happened because Parker basically couldn't leave the country and therefore couldn't control Elvis while he's gone because he doesn't have a fucking passport. He's a, a man of no nations. Uh, and he had a uh, crippling gambling addiction where he signed away Elvis to do the thing, you uh. know, whatever. Um like that is like it makes so much sense it's like a simple explanation to a odd odd thing like i don't know i know residencies were a thing before elvis but like now you look at vegas uh which i just came back from like i don't know three weeks a month ago or something party Um, it was pretty good um the like the residencies are just fucking everywhere yeah um, Every hotel's got one. Yeah, gotta have one. Um, which, from a performer's perspective, for a little while, if you're tired of touring, oh wait, you can just stay in one place and do the same show for like six fucking months. Yeah, great, money, steady money, work. money, steady Everyone work. Love steady Call work. Yeah, but then when you get sick of it, as you inevitably do, because we all do, whenever stuff happens, you want to yeah. leave. And uh, because of the things we just sort of laid out and what this movie kind of shows, Elvis was not able to. No. Um, I think the movie is very effective. This is why I like Baz Luhrmann biopics, I think. I think a a biopic by Baz Luhrmann. Because it is so flashy and because it does catch your attention so quickly and vibrantly, I am never lost in the propaganda. It is, and I, I, I think this is on purpose. I don't think Boz Lerman is trying to go out and be like, this is the definitive Elvis story. Yes. I think Boz Lerman is trying to make an entertaining movie about Elvis. Um, and so while there is propaganda involved, it's so flashy that you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's right. Not, it's not subverting things. And, and granted, it could be subverting moods and ideas toward Elvis, but like at this point, at that level, it's so far gone who gives a shit like I, yeah. I so like i really liked that it was like here's my take on it yeah um i i appreciate that as opposed to like this is a weird this is a weird analogy and i might back up out of this okay. i don't know i didn't vibe with dunkirk okay um for a lot of different reasons but like and i've been vibing less and less with war movies like of 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 um of actual wars because it's a propaganda piece that is war is so complicated and horrible that like I'm not comfortable with I'm finding myself less and less comfortable with the idea of portraying like you have a hero of a thing and while the you know, elements of that might be true like it's a hard it's a hard sell for me now yeah. um whereas something as it's weird as large, but also as benign as Elvis, I kind of give more of a pass whether or not that's fair or not. Like, you could, either of us right now could take what we know about Elvis and either paint him as the best human being on the planet or a fucking evil son of a bitch. Like, yeah, it'd be fairly easy to do that. Yeah. And I think what Boz Lerman does here with his sort of style is he kind of bypasses that in a weird way. And it's just like, no, we're going to have a good time uh, about Elvis. Like, 
there's bad stuff and good stuff and we're going to roll it all up and we're going to do it. And again, they leave out specific things, I think, to not distract from that feeling, which again, could mm-hmm. be considered Which is why I think it was also really great that this was um, Elvis, what felt like through uh, Colonel Tom Parker's eyes because it starts and mm-hmm. ends with him it was like this he's the narrator of this story he's he, the protagonist he, weirdly weirdly yeah and like anytime elvis makes a decision with or without you know tom parker then it's just like that he's the villain in tom parker's story and right because elvis is this larger than life character and the truth is somewhere in the middle about elvis so it can't be from his perspective for this biopic and and i totally vibed with that yeah i like that a lot uh here's some stuff i didn't like <laughs> yep, here we go. Uh, I thought the movie was too long, but in a very odd way. Normally, I'm like, like uh, you know, my problems with Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, I've talked about, I feel like, to no end. Uh, but, like, I felt like that movie could have been 40 minutes shorter and you could have given, like, maybe an extra 10 minutes to the actual story of the main characters and not just had cameos for fucking 40 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Um, the but, cameos. But, like, here... This isn't like, oh, I, you know, I didn't want to see the scene of them at the back lot of the movie or the movie studio, or I didn't want to see them uh, perform um, the, the, you know, whichever performance. This I felt like outside of the musical number acts, I felt like the scenes, almost every one of them, when it wasn't a fast paced camera swing and musical act lasted a few minutes too long. Like, I felt like the effectiveness of the scene had been um, issued, completed. I got it. And I was ready for the next thing. Because maybe because the performance sections, like, train you for that pacing. Yeah. And it, So when it slows down, it, it your heart rate adjusts and you're like, wait, hold on. And it <laughs> yeah. wasn't that, like, I was like, well, this is bad and boring. I just yeah. noticed. Yeah. I was like, huh. This fall is still, out of it. This is still going. It becomes like a... Oh, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, there's a rhythm, right? There's a rhythm, you know, and then when it settles out for a bit, you kind of pull yourself out of the rhythm. Yeah, totally, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, that was my main. What else didn't I like about this movie? I felt like it took a while to actually get to the first scene of that. I felt like it started off, and it was kind of like I was like, "Oh, is this going to be this fast?" The beginning, the whole movie. The beginning if, was too fast. If the beginning was really like, "Oh god, oh gosh," like we are, we are just sort of montaging. Uh, the first act here, yeah. and I was a little bit like, "Oh, okay, yeah." But then when it when I when it sucked me in, I was I was in. I will also say, I wish, and this is hard to do because the technology is different now, and we don't have the same equipment, and whatever. I think the style of special effects that Boz Lerman does or wants in his films was perfect in Moulin Rouge. I think when you get because there were miniatures and so and, many and, practical and practical in effects Rouge, yeah. in Moulin Rouge. Here, everything is digital, or most of it is digital. And there is a tactility, is that a word, uh, that is lost in that transition. Like, there's moments where it, like, pans across, like, a city street, and it turns into a newspaper, and it, like, does, like, whatever. And, like, I'm like, I feel like if that was done in the same time that Moulin Rouge was done, it would feel more complete and more whole and not as piecemeal as it did. Yeah. Um, I, I, and that's almost like a compositing issue, I guess, because the graphics themselves are not bad. It's just you understand that it is blatant CGI, wherein, wherein Moulin Rouge, there are special effects and VFX, but like it's it feels like it's compositing many practical effects together exactly. to, to achieve yeah. a, a moment. You know what's funny? Because I remember actually feeling like a little bit surprised how a lot of this felt um, a bit better than Gatsby like yeah there's Gatsby where I'm like I'm noticing like this is just a little bit too cartoony (laughs) yeah viz effects of the 1920s this one felt like they were oh because also there's like the 60s vibe so it's like there was a lot of times where they try to replicate like this this color palette that Mm -hmm. I felt like this is the 60s were giving off all the time in the 50s so it definitely hit and matched some of that but then you notice it yeah you know you mean like you notice it. it and I, I think the last thing, if I could, if I had my druthers, I think the Priscilla story is kind of kneecapped. Mm-hmm. Like they and especially um, the way that it handles like their meeting, right? Like Olivia uh, de George, uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
Uh, she, that moment when, and again, it, it's a little bit spoiled when you find out in real life she was fucking 14. But like, uh, I didn't know that actually in the moment of watching the film. And I was like, look at this fucking, this is, the, this is, a, this is a woman that is going to stand toe-to-toe with Elvis and that's going to be the thing, right? Like, and I think it now knowing the history behind it, I understand why they didn't linger there because that's fucked up. But, like, even once we're past that point, even when they're married and and uh, she's an adult, um, the I feel like it jumps from, like, Elvis as a loving family man to Elvis kissing random women in Vegas, like, real fucking quick. His downfall happened very fast, like... And, like... We don't even, like, understand the affair. Like, there's no... Normally in something like this, if it's, like, loving uh, spouse and we're one's a performer and we're going on the road, there's a bit of a, like, build yeah. to uh, indiscretion. This was not. This was just, like, nah, whatever. And I get... It's and it's and the reason that's not here, in my opinion, is because they chose not to focus on Priscilla because yes. that that would be a thing that would, would move that uh, story a bit more to the forefront. Um... So, but like, it left me like, because they, and the performance of Priscilla was so good, it left me wanting to know more about like her state in all of this. Now, granted, you're adding a third main character halfway through your movie or maybe even two thirds. I don't even remember. So like, that's a big swing and I understand why they didn't, but like, it feels like she's a larger part of this narrative than we get. Uh... Yeah, she, she becomes a a motivation and less of a character, which was annoying. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, like uh, so. I don't know. I would. I would have. I would have. I, I say that, and I'm like, oh, yeah. But if then it was, then it might have been like longer, and I might not have vibed with it. Or I like, know. I'm yeah. To think of what you cut it's like up. The so length like, was already there. Yeah. But they so, had to spend time on other things. Again, this is a a a a lukewarm complaint for me uh, that I do not have a solution for. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other ones, I felt <laughs> like I had a decent idea of like, oh, what could have been done? This I don't know. Yeah. Um. But. Um, yeah, she these... had the, yeah, but it was you know it's funny I I hear this a lot and now I always think it when I see a, an actor or an actress in a role like if they look like they're from that time and mm-hmm. especially for her as Priscilla I'm like that girl has never seen an iPhone before you know what I mean like when you, when you think about a modern day person like an actor placed into the, into this old time like you're like <laughs> there's just sometimes when you look at cast you're like. Ugh. I can tell that they know what an iPhone. Yeah, is. yeah, no. And that's... I've been seeing that analogy, and now I look for it, and that, and then for her casting and Austin Butler's casting, like fit really well for yeah. I, yeah, I truly vibe. believe that no actor in this movie had ever seen an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which I think, I, who came up with that? Do you know? I don't know. It's got to be a Twitter joke. That it's got to be a Twitter feels, joke. That feels like such a true metric that now I will be on the lookout yeah. for in oh. period pieces. Because there is like yeah, I'm trying to think of like an example. I mean, I feel like this happens a little more in TV. Like if there's a if there's a, a period piece in television mm-hmm. and it stars like Olivia Rodrigo or something. Oh, I know, yeah. Uh, like yeah. or even you know what? Like again. Oh, actually, I feel like I saw this recently because Dakota Johnson's playing like another Jane Austen adaptation, and everyone's like, she has a face of a woman who knows what an iPhone. I will is. even go, and I really like the the latest Little Women. I think it, the, oh, the yeah, film yeah, yeah. is very very good. Mm-hmm. Every one of those girls is. Oh, that's such iPhone. a good point. In that way, this is this is interesting. And I don't even in that case, I don't want I don't want to make the iPhone analogy something like, oh, that's a bad movie. Because I don't think it is. If the vibe of what you're going for mm-hmm. is a bit more modern, yeah, it's all right if characters have seen an iPhone before. Sure. Uh, or the actors are perceived as at some point in their life seeing an iPhone. The the amazing thing in this movie about Elvis is I feel like not, That doesn't matter. Watching, yeah. Uh, including Tom Hanks, uh, I don't. I, I never got the vibe that they had seen an iPhone. <laughs> but, I would, but we're saying even like this. This was this was one with Baz Luhrmann's direction, where like they modernize it in a way where that doesn't matter. Um, but yeah. still, I thought that for a '50s '60s period piece, <laughs> it looked really good. They yeah. did a really good job. Overall, everybody, I would say. If you are even remotely curious about this Elvis movie, you should probably go see it. 
on a big screen. It's a good time at the movies. It's it's fun. It's it's uh yeah yeah um you know and and going in uh, uh, go to a dr- honestly if you're near a drive-in oh, go do that it is movie, the summer this movie would be a fucking baller drive find movie. one of the last 10 drive-ins in the country yeah uh do yourself a favor. there is one i believe in my in a home in a town right next to my hometown milford new hampshire um that i think is still operational i will not be going because it's still, that's a far drive oh, yes but uh uh i think isn't there is, there's a new york drive-in is it in queens technically Oh, I don't know if it's in like the boroughs. I thought you had to go like a little bit upstate. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I just like since I don't have a car in the city, I've never yeah, had that's to think of any place that's we'll, outside car. We're gonna range. rent a car and then we're gonna go oh, to a drive. I mean, honestly, if someone came to like right, if if it started out as like a joke trip, I'd probably yeah. actually I'm going I'm doing um Dollywood in a few weeks because it started out as a joke conversation and then we all kind of decided to book a trip to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and then to add onto the joke, we're staying at a Margaritaville Holy trailer shit. park and lodge. Shit. So I, I'm very much like a joke trip can actually manifest to me. So I would maybe rent a car to go to the nearest, um, you know, drive-in for a drive-in movie event. Duly noted. <laughs> yeah. You do. You are one of my friends whom, if I, if there is a bit to commit to, oh, you commit. jump on that fucking bit Ooh, like a goddamn chip. I really will. Um, I really will. Speaking of which, we got to start planning Summer House, uh, which is a <laughs> thing that me and uh, me and Will and our friends have have done for uh, quite some time, and this will be the first year back since the the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, me, and Nick Parker have to have to do some planning in that. Anyway, Will, would you say people should see Elvis? I'd say people should see Elvis. I think people should see Elvis, too. And that's a strange sentence to say in 2022. Yes. This, of course, has been the only podcast about the film Elvis. Uh, Will, when you are not um, being anything but a hound dog, where can folks find you? My socials on most platforms are at W Tempfer. Um, I don't think I have Will Tempfer for any of my socials, which is just, I can't believe I didn't do that. Maybe my Venmo. I don't know. <laughs> Check me out on Venmo, guys. Send me $2 for soup. I've, I've said this so many times. I've said it on stream. I've said it many times. Like when we were all at dinner once and we discovered that you could just like and comment on Venmo mm-hmm. transactions, I tell everyone in any of my orbits, if you use Venmo, just start going through for fun one day and commenting on your friends and their friends like per- like mm, burgers are great. Like whatever it is, just do it because people lose their fucking minds. People forget that Venmo is social media. You yeah. can like and comment, not just send money. It, it is it is it is such a <laughs> low stakes delight to see your friends be like text you be like why did you just like that I I bought sushi for someone that you didn't know and you'd be like because that's great like it's, it's yeah. Anyway. Oh, but also YouTube. I actually you know it is Will Temper on YouTube. Check out my I got the Nicole Kidman one and I'm also I if you want to go way back, I also did the uh Disney Channel Wand ID with Graphics vid. That was oh, my original yeah. claim to fame at 15 million views. Look yo. at you. I love it. Uh, you can find me, uh, when I'm not on YouTube over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com, my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and P-S-N. And of course, Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Will, uh, you at least, uh, while using your first initial and your last name, I just decided to do a bunch of random shit for all of my <laughs> socials. So one day, maybe when I'm 50, I'll have it all worked out. Yeah. Uh, also, please check out the good works we're doing over at Extra Credits. We just, um, did... A we just uh, started our uh, Ethiopian Empire uh, series. We're gonna have episode two of that. That is a fucking Whoa. fascinating story. You want to talk about, uh, man, mixing history and and religion and and like like the whole thing dates back to King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba and like there's the, a book called the Kebron August, which is like uh, both a historical text but also mythology depending on what you're who you're speaking to. It's fucking fascinating. Um, so check out that. I believe we will also be having um, uh, the episode on what do we just release? Uh, I can look at my notes. Oh, uh, there's going to be Their Eyes Were Watching God. Uh, we're doing an extra literature, or not extra, li- wow, that's the old name of it. Uh, so You Haven't Read series on Their Eyes Were Watching God, uh, which is a phenomenal book, which you should check out. And if you'd like a small synopsis with some literary analysis, that is right there for you. Um, next week, they'll, they'll, um, there'll be a movie. Will Shahir be here? Listen, 
It all depends if he can get out of the underwater tank before his oxygen runs out. Wow. I don't know. Tune, I want to see that movie. Tune in next week when we see if Shahir figures out that I hid a saline torch in his fanny pack. Whoa. Uh, Will, thank you so much for joining me for this discussion on Elvis. Of course. We didn't do an impression. I really think that we shows us how restraint as people. I had to do an Elvis impression one time for an audition, and I kind of just, like, avoided it. <laughs> do, do, you, do you want to take us out with, with your Elvis impression? No. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Bye, everybody. <laughs> It's me, Elvis. <laughs> <laughs>